Welcome to Unlocked with Jordi Karlinski. My name is Jordi Karlinski, and I'm a former professional athlete turned real estate agent based out of Aspen, Colorado. In this podcast, I interview business and real estate professionals, coaches across many industries, and other athletes to deliver educational and life-changing content. If you are someone who has a thirst for personal and business development, who seeks growth in all aspects of your life, and who wants to dive deeper into real-life current events as they relate to business and real estate, then this is the podcast for you. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number seven of Unlocked with Jordi Karlinski. I'm your host, Jordi. In this episode, we are unlocking what it takes to bring a business idea from concept to actual results. Now, this may seem easy on paper, but in reality, there are so many things that get in the way and that can derail you throughout the process. Trust me, I've been there, and I'm sure you have too. So why is this? Well, in this episode, Sheena and I unpack what prevents businesses and people from bringing their dreams and projects to life. Stay tuned to find out why being in alignment, having a vision, setting goals, delegating, and shifting your mindset are essential pieces to the actually getting results puzzle. To introduce my guest, Sheena Jean, she is a vision advisor, which is a dynamic facilitator and coach who helps individuals and teams shift mindsets, get clear on what they want, and how to get there using tools based in neuroscience, personal development, and yoga. As a creative business professional with over 20 years of experience, Sheena knows how to create a vision, build a strategy to get there, and drive for incredible results. She's a former corporate lifer gone rogue in order to embrace her passions and help others find theirs. The current evolution of her career is focused on leveraging her strengths, skills, and experience to serve others in the areas that light her up most, helping people create a vision and goals practice, getting things off the ground, and creating fun content. For the past 20 years, Sheena has been about learning as much as she can from some of the biggest brands in the game while creating dramatic results in their business. With a background in retail, personal development, and marketing, Sheena has a thorough understanding of taking an idea from concept to results. I'm excited to welcome my friend Sheena Jean to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast again, and I want to jump right in and just tell me about your corporate life uh, journey from well from corporate life to entrepreneurship. I think that's something that many people in the world and and across the country can relate to. I think in the past few years there's been a lot of entrepreneurial shifts, and it's a big part of our workforce. So tell me about that journey and um, how you got to where you are now. Well, I'm so excited to be here. Thank <laughs> you for having me. This is just such a treat. Yeah, I let's see. I started. My corporate career when I was like, honestly, 16, I begged my mom to let me go work at the Gap as soon as I could. <laughs> and I just um, kind of fell into retail. My my family comes from a corporate retail background. And it all started over these corduroy overalls that I really, really wanted. And, you know, my mom's like, yeah, well, you could work there. And then you could like have money to buy these overalls. And I'm like, great, <laughs> that's, that's what I'll do then. 
Um, so I uh, was always in retail growing up. Um, this was what always my job in high school when I went to college. I dabbled with some other things in college, but always had the good old gap to fall back on and um, went to Banana Republic after college, kind of just started working my way through a lot of different brands and got a really solid foundation in operations. I think that's what Gap Inc. really I took away from that experience was like how to operate a retail business and all the different components that go into it, whether it's visual merchandising, people, you've got products and really starting to learn and understand different like facets of businesses. Um, and then I got burnt out on retail. So I tried to walk away and I joined a company called Lifebook, which is a personal development company. My aunt was the CEO at the time and I joined on a tiny little startup to help with marketing. It was when online marketing was very first kind of becoming a thing. And like people thought it was a little shady. They were like, what's going on here? Like, I didn't even really know. I was getting, I had, it was a great opportunity because I got exposed to a lot of different things as the, that industry was starting to really open up. Um, it's definitely like a learning curve for sure. And then I found Lululemon. After realizing that working with family was not going to work for our family, we valued the relationship too much to have to like muddle it all up with, with working as well. Um, I was like, well, I mean, I can work at this yoga pants store. I've been getting into yoga. I have a retail background. It'd be crazy not to hire me. And then found out that personal development was a, a big part of what Lululemon's culture um, revolves around. And I thought that like I had literally hit the jackpot. I was like, what? Personal development meets retail? Okay. So I spent five years with that company and um, got to do a lot of fun things. Again, like really just took the opportunity to learn as much as I could from each of the companies I was with. Um, after a really good run at Lululemon, I moved um, towns and worked with Tesla for a while, opened up a store and a resort market, which was a fascinating experience, <laughs> very eye-opening. And since then, I have really just been working in different industries. I was with the Aspen Art Museum for a couple of years um, on the retail side, but really learning a lot about the nonprofit world and um what I recognized in all of my corporate journeys was companies are a great place to learn and to grow and taking things with you from each experience is what was always really interesting to me. And I think some of my most formative years at Lululemon, the idea of, of using tools like personal development tools within a corporate structure really fascinated me. I think like that's out of all of the different corporate companies that I worked for, I saw the most success there with keeping employees engaged, having people working on things that they want to be working on, providing development opportunities, and really creating a cohesive um, experience as a culture for the, the employees internally, as well as the community and ambassadors and everyone else externally. So after leaving that company and trying to find that elsewhere and trying to take that to other places, help them establish it. Um, was something that Lululemon encouraged us to do. Like, yeah, get out there, share this stuff with the world. And then you get out to the world, you're like, oh, this is not, <laughs> not as prevalent as I thought it might be. And so ever since then, it's, I've really been interested in helping facilitate teams, helping, um, coach individuals, things that I did in a, in a lot of my corporate life and taking that like out to companies and, um, recognizing that was what lit me up most, not necessarily retail or 
corporate entities, um, but finding what really meant the most that I was best at in those roles so that I could shape that into what I'm doing today and the company I've created. Love that. That's a very in-depth look at uh, your past journey. And it's so fascinating. So, you know, you mentioned that you kind of jumped around from retail to a company like Tesla. Out of all of out of your entire corporate career, what were some of your biggest takeaways that you you still use to this day or that have really changed you to this day? Ooh. Ah, that's such a great question. I think. Hmm. <laughs> I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot of like what to do and a lot of what not to do. And I think that that's, that's actually probably one of my biggest takeaways, not only in the working life, but like in every area of my life, like every situation that you're given is an opportunity to learn something, whether it really mm-hmm. sucks, whether you crush it, whether, you know, the other person that you're working with is a jerk or you find a new best friend, there's always something to be found if you're looking for it, um, a lesson to be learned and something you can do differently, um, regardless of, of what might be happening around you. So I think when you take a, an approach like that in life, it's a little, it's a little easier to stomach things that maybe don't go the way you want them to, or maybe right. you find out that you're not really great at this one thing. Like, I remember like being put into visual merchandising with Banana Republic and honestly, like I hated it. I I sucked at it. And that's when I learned, like, I'm really bad at this. This is not my area of strength. Like I don't, I get like icky and gross. and like, so forever and ever, like I'll understand the principles of like this concept and area of a business. And I know that like, that is an area that I immediately need to hire out and make sure I surround myself with someone who does that really, really well. Um, so I think taking taking that opportunity to like find your strengths and weaknesses and things, regardless of what's happening, is what I got really really good at in different situations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, time is what I've learned over the years is time. Your time is so valuable, and if it's not an area that you are an expert in, it's why not delegate it out? Why not hire it out to do for someone else to um, be in that position? So that's a really great takeaway, and I'm sure it's something that in the, your business today that you use as well. I would imagine that oh, you totally. can hire out. You know, if it's not a big strength of yours, you just hire it out. And it it gives it gives people. Once you find the right person for that, like this is where I, I love team development. It's like finding someone that is so lit up by that and like can take ownership of that. You can create, you know, a, a, a vessel kind of for them to work within, to grow within. It's like I can I can support and project manage and provide feedback and et cetera, et cetera. But like giving them that space, that ownership to like take it on and be like, here, go for it. Like <laughs> I don't need anything to, to necessarily yeah. do with this. Like you've got this. That's also... I think a really exciting part when you let go of that idea that you have to do it all yourself and instead involving others, collaborating with others to let them like shine and get their, get their things off the ground. Yeah. What, what a concept <laughs> Collabor- <laughs> collaborating with others to make everyone's lives easier. And also right. too, it seems like very empowering too. And I think that's really where great leadership comes in is when you can, find these people to be put into these places that they excel in and that they feel 
ownership over that they can really excel in this position or this role. And I think it takes a great leader um, to, to do that and to see that for their business or for their company. So you had mentioned that when you're back in your Lululemon days, and it seems like you developed this, the personal development was really, you were in tune with it. And it's something that you really started to love. Tell me about how moving on to other businesses or, you know, maybe trying to shed the personal development light on people. If that was such a, tell me about a sticky situation or how is that been a challenge for other people to see the benefit of personal development or kind of get over those stigmas around personal development? What has your experience been like that over the past few years? Such a good question. I think, um, you know, personal development is, can mean so many things to so many people. And Lululemon really was a platform for me to like really exercise my nerdiness in that area. I'd say it's something that I I always loved, have done self-study and um, had an, a penchant for before joining that company. And then when they provided an outlet for you to integrate it with being a leader and running a store and all of these things, it really, <laughs> I got very excited about it. And then and leaving that company and going to others, it's like, wow, um, there's a huge gap that people don't necessarily see the value of creating a vision for their leadership team, their, their company as a whole to, to, to get everybody on board with that people don't know what core values are and why they're important and how they, they can use those as a lens to also create a stronger team. Um, and I think what's been interesting over the last couple of years is watching the field of neuroscience is literally exploding right now, which is so cool. Um, because it's really validating a lot of the principles of uh, personal development and bringing a lot of uh, like grounding to it. A lot of people look at personal development like, oh, it's a little woo woo. I don't know. I don't know how like, you know, that's going to help my business. Right. <laughs> you're like, oh, actually, like this is how human brains work. And you've got humans working in your business. So like, let's talk about some of these different things that um, you can use to align everybody and work towards something. So that has been, I think, probably the most interesting development and kind of where I've been putting my my efforts in. Um, I, I recently had a client that was yeah, a little resistant to like vision and goals, like say they want it, but then when it comes down to it, they're like, oh, I don't really necessarily see the value. Help me understand like how science plays into this and then maybe I'll be more interested. And as soon as that piece came into it, it was, it completely shifted things for, for that client. They were like, Oh, okay. Like I had no idea that there was going to be how, like, I was really curious as to how you were going to bring a scientific approach to vision and goals, but like, okay. Yeah. Like I get it. There's, there's a lot here that makes sense. And so I think that's really where I am very excited these days in helping people understand those two links and helping them understand how the brain works, what's happening, um, how to kind of break free from some of the mindsets and thought patterns that exist that kind of keep a, a current situation going to create a new result. So why do you think that it maybe took so long for the science to be there to back and support personal development or goal setting? I mean, that's a good question. The EEG was only 
created in, I think, like 1950. So I think technology has been a big piece of it, like just watching technology and like the the ability that we have to like actually like watch what's happening in the brain um, has really sped up the, the research just because it's such like a, you know, how do you do like lumbotomies used to be a thing, but very glad they're not anymore because that's like, you know, like how else do you get in there? So I think the yeah. technology piece that we're catching up has really been a big part of what's advanced the field of neuroscience. And I think, yeah, like, I, I mean, I was reading some things earlier this week, like 2007 was when like a lot of white papers, like it went from like 12 papers and research paper, like experiments on uh, the default mode network. And then the next year there's 1300. Hmm. So I think people, it's just, it's kind of that tipping point that's happening right now with neuroscience and personal development. It's like, we're connecting the dots on a lot of things that have been talked about by thought leaders, like, you know, Brian Tracy and Jim Rohn and, and all of these people that are seen as like motivational speakers. And there is a legitimacy to them because like people are able to create results and, um, get motivated and achieve amazing things. They just never really knew the, like the functionality of how that was happening. And now that yeah. we've got the technology to see into the brain, we can start to understand those things. Got it. Um, I mean, I think, you know, from speaking from personal experience as a professional snowboard, ha- having a professional snowboarding background and being an athlete for a majority of my life, um, you know, goal setting, visualization, visioning, if you will, was such a huge part of my entire career. I mean, this was a a daily practice almost of, you know, setting the goals even for the day or even those long-term goals. And so I think from me, it's, it's a, it's been a personal experience that has starting from a young age that has allowed me to understand the results and see the results and see that it works for me. And it's, it's great now that there is much more science and research behind all of this, because hopefully, you know, the skeptics can see that and can understand that all of these things, vision and goals and core values and understanding what you want are hugely impactful in really positive ways in your life, whether it's personal or business oriented. So let's get into vision advisor. So how did you create that title? I love the name. Um, Tell me a little bit more about exactly what you do today. Yeah, I think language is one of the most important things in the whole wide world. Um, Without it, we don't exist. And like calling myself a consultant, I mean, that's technically coach consultant is probably the umbrella that if you want to put me in a box, you can, it would be the most appropriate one. And it just, it didn't feel right. I wanted something that um, piqued people's curiosity. And and I think more directly speaks to what I can help people do. I can help you craft a vision and I can help you understand like what's getting in the way of crafting that vision. I can also help you Um, implement a strategy and like a system and a framework to create goals and systems and processes to get there, whether that is within your life or within a business. Um, I think that's like where the interesting corporate side of things um, comes into play. It's like, I understand like the operations of what needs to happen from like supply chain to 
customer going home with a bag full of products and happy and all of the things that happen in between. And so, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not a, you imagine it and it poof fucking happens. Like that's not how this works. And like, if you understand how your brain works, you can make it a lot easier on yourself um, and help eliminate some of those. You're going to have roadblocks. You're going to have issues, but you can kind of scale those back a little bit if you have like a clear map of where you're going and and how you're going to get there. So, you know, like you've said there, you are going to run into roadblocks. I mean, creating the vision or creating kind of like your future self or what you imagine, where you imagine yourself to be in five years and 10 years and 30 years, whatever it is, um, is the fun part. I feel it's like the creative and, you know, there is so much possibility because really there's no limitations when creating a vision, whether again, it's personal or business. And, and so what are some of the roadblocks that people do encounter and how do you get past them? How do you keep that motivation going to reach the vision? You have to be willing to do the work. And that's like one of my biggest requirements of anyone that I work with. It's like, are you ready to like do the work? Cause I can't do it for you. I can give you tools and resources and I can show you a process that will support you. Just like you said, for your entire life. Like once you understand the power of visualization, once you understand how to write like proper goals, like that will carry you forward for the rest of your life. And that's what I um, aim to give people, but I can't do it for them. So um, the biggest thing that I've really come to see is mindset. It really does come down to um, being able to have metacognition, which is the ability to think about your own thoughts, you have to be able to create that for yourself. If you don't, you're just running on a, a neural network that is on autopilot. And um, we all have limiting beliefs, false beliefs, shitty thoughts that are continuing to create a lot of the situations that humans find frustrating for themselves, whether it's repeated patterns in relationships, or maybe there's a repeat pattern happening in your work life or um, a repeat pattern happening like with your health. And so helping people understand how to find those thoughts for themselves and shift them is what I have found to be the most significant part of how I can help people because you can always do vision and goals And you'll always get something from that. But until you really start to address some of the underlying issues that are going to keep coming around through some, you know, neural sculpting and and kind of pruning the garden of your mind, so to speak, that's when like the the real magic, but it's not magic, it's just science. I used to I've always said magic. (laughs) I'm like, oh, this has just been science the whole time. Cool. (laughs) Even better. So um with those, I guess, creating awareness. Um, is that what you mean by understand kind of pruning your mind and getting to the root of what your actual thoughts are and what your like deep, deep, deep down kind of ingrained habits or thought patterns are? How does someone even start to begin to recognize those? Meditate. I know everybody is saying meditate right now and I am I am right there with everyone else. Like you have to start meditating. If you want to really be able to have agency of your own life, if you want to understand what's happening in your head versus being asleep to it, you have to start meditating. There's literally no other way. Do you have a favorite um, app or person that you like to meditate with? 
you know, I think there's all sorts of ways. I'll never knock on any way to get into meditating. Um, I started with Headspace. I loved his accent. And I think he Mm -hmm. provides some really tangible tools to help people learn how to think about their thoughts, right? To develop metacognition. So if you're sitting there and something pops up, is this, am I thinking about this or am I feeling this? And like learning how to distinguish that. Um, And there's, I think the ultimate goal for everyone needs to be just sitting there by yourself with nothing, like being truly with yourself and learning how to be okay with whatever's happening in your head and like detaching from that, like observing it and detaching from it and just creating space in your own head. We get so much thrown at us on a daily basis. Like I've heard, I heard something like the average person today and takes the same amount of information that someone in the 1800s would take in their entire lifetime. Wow. Yeah. Like our brain, <laughs> our brains are on overload. They're like, what's happening? And so taking that time to create space for yourself to really start to see the, the thoughts, the, you know, and, and we pick up these thought patterns from different places, definitely from our childhood and family family dynamic we pick them up from traumatic incidents and trauma can range widely because when you're a kid and your brain's developing mom saying like i don't have time for this right now because she's on the phone you make it mean something that it doesn't absolutely mean but it's very traumatic to your development there's also like extremely traumatic abusive situations that obviously will cause a lot more damage to to a child when they're in development and society society also programs a lot of shit onto us mm-hmm. i think like that's where we, how why we have things like racism and homophobia and all of these different systems are kind of put into us based in a lot of you know again the family situations um how you were brought up so sure. um having to create space to like look at those things meditation is the way to do it so and if um you are say out and about during your day. So I, I kind of want to get more into, so you, you, you work with clients, you have them created a vision. Um, what about during, and say they have these goals to reach this vision. How, if during the day you get triggered or you're having someone's having an off day or feeling very unmotivated. What are some of the ways that you can notice in that moment besides being quiet, sitting and meditating? Are there other tools or other ways that someone can create awareness in their, in their mind? Or is it through their body? Like how, how else can someone become aware? That's a great question. I think, you know, meditation is going to look different for everybody. So, um, I know you like to run. I've been running since I've moved down to Denver. So mm-hmm. substitute for hiking. And it's like, yeah, there's yoga, running, um, ways to get out of your head. Moving your body is always, always a really good option. And I think there's, there's just really no way around meditating, unfortunately. And what happens is when you do create the space for a meditation practice, it's in those moments when you're triggered that you are creating. That's where you're like, it's just like kind of a yoga practice, like where you practice on your mat. So something happens off your mat. Same thing with meditation. Like, so when you're triggered in that moment, instead of just like immediately firing the, the neurons in your head that like put this shitty reaction out and you're like, ah, and you don't even think about it because it's so automated. It's something you've been doing your entire life. You don't even know why you're 
your brain's addicted to the chemicals that it gets when that happens. So once you start meditating in those moments during your day, when you do get triggered, you're going to start to find space. You're going to, you're going to feel yourself get triggered and you're going to like pause right there. One of my favorite quotes is by Viktor Frankl. Um, in between the stimulus and the response, there is a pause. And it's like, how do we stretch out the pause? How do we give someone more space there to choose something different? Because that's where you get to shift. That's where you shift your behaviors and your habits and your thoughts and your feelings that are creating the reality of your world. And so I, it's, it's one of those things where I'm always like, meditate, 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 meditate. But like, there's, there's really not another way that I have found to create that same experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I agree. And I think I, one, I love that quote as well. Um, and I think it all does come down to finding that moment of, of pausing, of knowing when you're reactive in the moment of, or even if a big negative thought comes in, like, oh, I can't do this. I'm not qualified enough. If you're going into an interview, just meditating can help you get to that moment where those negative or limiting beliefs come up. And to be able to pause and choose a different way to move forward is such a powerful thing to do. And I, I think it's, it obviously takes time. It takes practice. Um, and, and so I, I, I mean, I, I love that. And when people, I guess, what are some of the ways that you like to, besides you mentioned exercise or that maybe if you have an incorrect belief or a limiting belief, how else do you shift to choose to move forward in a different way? Uh, so let's definitely talk about visualization. Cause I love, I bring up athletes all the time. Athletes have, <laughs> athletes have been onto this for a while. Yeah. Um, right. Like, yes. You know, like there's, I usually, um, pick on Lindsay Vaughn and Tiger Woods because they're fun. <laughs> and got Why, not? Backstory. Why not? Yeah. yeah but I mean, you, like, you know very well the concept, obviously, as a former pro snowboarder, the idea of visualizing your entire run from start to finish. You're going through, you're watching yourself drop in, you're watching yourself pick up speed, you're watching yourself go off the half pipe and, do your tricks. You're watching yourself stomp that landing. You're playing this all into your brain, right? And so in 1995, there was a study about pianos. Okay. So they took a group of people, they had them practice one-handed scales for like two hours over and over and over. And they measured what was happening in their brain. Then they had people visualize doing the exact same thing, not moving a muscle, visualize the same time frame, same scales, Almost the identical things are happening in the brain at the same time. So your brain can't distinguish when it's so focused on like a visualization or a task at hand. It can't distinguish from the inner reality from the external reality. Mm -hmm. And so that's why visualization works, right? Because your, your brain. So then when you do stand at the top of the gate to start to drop in on your run, your brain's like, Oh, I've already been here. I've already done this. Like you've already carved neural pathways in your head to support you feeling confident in that, to reduce your anxiety because you're, you're, you've literally tricked your brain into thinking that you've already been there, which is so cool. Yeah. And it's not that it's necessarily going to go exactly like it went in your head every single time because you know, life's not like that. You're going to get 
slinkies thrown and kinks in your slinkies or whatever. Sure. But you, <laughs> um, your brain has, you've, you've positioned your brain to look for all the things that will help you make it go right. Versus if you sit there and worry that like, I'm not good enough at this. Like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to land this trick. You know, when you stay in that space, it's like, that's what you're, that's what you're focusing your brain on. And your brain's going to look, look at that for more. So that's where I take visualization and help people see that it's a tool that they can use for their life or for their business. Um, and it's really powerful because once you sit down and you start to open yourself up to the idea that you can daydream about what you want for your future. I think I see that so much. We were taught to like squash our imagination from mm. a young age and it's so sad. And it's like, no, like sit here and dream about like, what would light you up if you had your, your best day ever in 10 years, what does that look like? And like, allow yourself to go there. And then that's priming your brain to like start scanning the quantum field for this to bring it in. Um, you're activating your reticular activating system. It's a really it's like the bouncer of your brain. And because we have all this information coming into us, right? Like somebody has got to be like, Nope, you're not getting in. You're important. Nope, not you. Um, like why you always hear your name when you're in a crowded place. Like you're like, someone just say Jordy yeah. or like when you're buying a new car and you're like, Man, that new forerunner is super sick. And then there's white forerunners everywhere. It's not that there's actually more of the forerunners out there. Your brain, you've just flagged that as important for your brain. So now your brain's looking to find that. So same thing. When you start to visualize like nailing a job interview or the half pipe run or the um, opening of a new bar. Like I've sat down with leadership teams that were opening a new bar in six months. Like let's all collectively think about how we want this to look and what things we need to do to, to contribute to that success and then walk them back and um, setting goals to help support that. So there's, there's a real power in what happens when you start to use your brain for you instead of against you. So when it comes to, let's take the example of the, the bar opening um, that you just mentioned. And you said you, you sat down with some people and I guess to, to create their vision of their opening of their future bar. Um, why is you do talk a little bit about alignment within your work. So why is alignment so powerful um, when creating a vision? You know, it goes back to, the idea, if your brain doesn't think it's possible, then you can create a vision, but it's, it's again, it's that mindset piece. It's like your brain secretly knows your line to it. Yeah. And kind of same thing with the team. If you, if you're not aligned as a team, there's, if people aren't fully bought into what you're doing, there's always going to be resistance. There's going to be like opposite agendas. It, your team is not going to like function cohesively, right? Like if the Lakers, want to run one play on this inbounds and there's one guy on the team that doesn't think that's a good idea and like doesn't agree with this strategy like not going to be a great play for for the the guys out there on on the court right like you have to find ways to get people enrolled in like the play that you're running the vision that you're going after the you know the event the season that you want to have the amount of revenue you're trying to achieve, you know, whatever, whatever the vision is, mm -hmm. um, there's getting people on the same page with it and helping them figure out like how they can contribute to that is way more powerful than just 
pointing, you know, shuffling tasks at people and say, let's go. So how do you, I guess, when you're working with multiple people within a business or multiple leaders, how do you get them all into alignment? Core values. Yeah, I, like that's that's the place to start. If if everyone is not fundamentally agreeing upon like what their business stands for and doesn't stand for, like that's a bigger issue in and of itself. Um, and so that's that's where I always start because you then you know, whether it's with individuals or teams, you want to make sure you have core values because then when you start to, to create a vision, you'll pull those core values through. They're like, they're like the GPS, right? Like if those are present in your business, in your life, um, that's where, you know, you're aligned and things are typically going well, or you're, when they're, when they're not going well, it's usually because something that means a lot to you is missing. You know, if collaboration is one of my core values in my life and in my business, and it's like, if I'm, at the end of the week, like, oh, like feeling stressed. And like, how did I take a meeting outside of my four walls this week? Did I like find somebody to connect with and like figure out what they're up to and how I can help serve them? Like, no, I've been like here doing all of my to-dos and like, I'm missing that thing that like really fills me up. And I know allows me to be a better, show up better in my business. And so it's like kind of a small example, but like once you've identified these markers that everybody agrees upon like, yes, this is why I'm here. This is what I want to be spending my time and like putting my efforts towards. Then you can start to work on a vision with, with a group, which (laughs) I've seen it go all sorts of ways. And um, what's interesting is like, as a team, you're always more powerful. You're going to have people that'll see different things and you can pull things in that you can't possibly pull in just by yourself. Right. And as a leader of a company or a team, um, it's really powerful if you're not always the one dictating what's about to happen and telling people, this is where we're going. When you can sit back and be a part of your team and be led through a vision exercise um, and create space for your team to contribute to it. And like, that's where you find your buy-in. That's where you find people getting excited about coming to work and doing what they do, um, is when they feel like they are able to participate and have a voice and, and contribute and build something. And so it's, it's a really, um, great experience when, once you kind of get all those pieces into place. Yeah, I feel um, that, you know, circling back to the beginning of our conversation with delegating tasks or hiring out certain roles within your business, maybe if you're a single entrepreneur but um, or a one-man show, but even if you are on a team, it's, again, empowering your employees, your coworkers, your other the leaders on your team to really step up and fill positions that... Um, you know, maybe it is normally a one man show who takes on all of those roles, but to be able to delegate and to be able to empower your team to come together and create these core values and create this vision together. I mean, it's got to one, be a great bonding experience for the team, but two, I feel like there's probably a sense of ownership from the entire team, whether it's theirs or not. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that is, you know, to, Okay, I can answer your question from earlier <laughs> around um, what did I learn from my time in corporate? Um, and really, I think ownership, ownership makes the difference. Like when people feel like they've got ownership and it doesn't have to be like, I'm not talking like, oh, you own 49% of the right. company. That's not at all what I'm talking about. When people feel like 
what they do matters like that their voice can be heard that they could contribute something like something that they like to be doing um they feel like they've got a stake in it they feel like they are part of something bigger and they show up when you show up with the ownership and you own something like versus just like right like <laughs> how much nicer do you treat your own car than a rental car right, right? yeah <laughs> so it's a great example so like when you have like ownership of something like you take pride in it you want to you want to take care of it you want to like nurture it and see it see it through and so i think that's what um I reckon what I, what I saw from all of my corporate experiences where Lululemon stood out is because they were able to create ownership for their employees, even, even down to like a part-time educator, right? Like I had part-time educators that I'd be like, here's a graphic design project because I know you're really good at it and you secretly want to start your own graphic design business and I need a flyer and I, I don't know how to do this. Like, can you help me with this? And then they're like, Oh my gosh. And then they get really excited to see like their postcards and flyers all over the village. And, um, and yeah, so it's, it's getting, being able to like identify people's strengths, give them an opportunity to contribute and they'll find that ownership where they show up in a completely different way. Yeah. I love that. I think, I mean, playing to strengths, ownership, it all, you know, it's such an integral part of building a business and building a successful business for a long time coming. So with now that, you know, your, your team's in alignment, let's say your team has the vision. So take me through the process of setting goals. Do you set these short-term goals, midterm, long-term to reach that vision? How does that process look? Yeah. So, um, I actually use an analogy about building a dream home a lot of the times. Um, Let's and, hear it. <laughs> yeah. And this could be right. Perfect. Real estate. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a goal that a lot of people have like, okay, in 10 years, yeah. like I had my own house. And so this actually really does work very well. And it's a tangible way for people to understand the process. So once we create a vision, right? You've got this like blueprint. Like if you were, if you were given the opportunity to build your dream house, you're probably not going to just like show up on day one and invite a, a, an electrician and maybe a plumber and maybe a landscape architect. And we all show up at once and it's like, all right, like, what are we going to do? <laughs> like you're not going to get your dream house if that's the approach that you take. And so. I I share that with people who are creating businesses and like your dream life. Like if you really want to live a life of your own design, like you have to put some thought into it. You have to have a vision for what you are creating and then you have to create plans, right? Like you can't just wing it and like have your architect show up with zero plans to, to build a a house or a business, you know, like that's, it's just literally not going to work. So Mm -hmm. when you think about it through that lens, people start to be like, Oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Tracking. So then we create the vision. um, And then we really look at the concept of reverse engineering and the idea that, okay, this is where tiger, my tiger analogies come into play. Tiger Woods, he actually reverse engineers his, his shots. So he starts like visualizing, like making, I'm not the putt. I feel like all, yeah, the putt, the putt. Said, okay, great. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like I thought I knew golf better, but maybe not. But he starts at the end and then he works his way backwards to find like the shortest route versus most people when they play golf are starting at the green and they're like, oh, okay, like I'm just going to like hit this and see where it goes. 
And then I'm going to go find it there. And then I'm going to see the best place to go there. And then I'm going to versus like, if you know where you want to be, like, where do you need to be right before that? Right. And then, okay, what's the most effective, quickest way to get to right before that? Okay. And now we're here. Let's go right before that. So like the idea of, of buying a home, you know, if the 10 year goal is I own a cabin in Colorado, that's your 10 year goal in five years. Like there's all sorts of different things that you're going to need before that, but it's like, okay, you're going to need a down payment. You're going to need to find the land. You're going to need to, you know, you start to think about what are the things that are going to have to happen for me to be living there. And then you walk it backwards again. You know, if you don't have a dollar saved for a house right now, then that's a great place to start. If you don't know the first thing about buying a house, reaching out to someone like you is a really great start. Like there's so much that I learned from that event um, last year in Aspen that I was like, Oh my God. Like there's oh, so the many first things time home buyer event. Yeah. The first time <laughs> home buyer yeah. event. That's what it's called. And it's like educating yourself. That's usually yeah. what comes down to a long-term goal where I, I help people. Like you don't even know what you don't even know yet you know, you're going to need like some of these things, like go educate yourself, take the first, like next short term to like really understand the process of whatever it is that you want to do. So you can also start to like walk it backwards and understand which milestones you're going to need. Like how much money are you going to need in the bank? What is your credit score going to need to be at? Um, where have you identified where you actually want to buy? And like, have you identified a broker to work with? That's like going to be like, you know, you could just like kind of wing it and like Google and be like, oh, you know, but like there's all of these things that you want to walk back and think about um, to create the experience of owning your home the way that you want it to look like. Mm hmm. So I love that the reverse engineering, um, haven't heard that one before. And it makes so much sense because oftentimes I do find myself too, when I'm, I'm thinking of these bigger visions and these bigger projects that I want to accomplish. When you sit back today, you can sometimes feel very overwhelmed of like, Oh my God, that's five years in the future. How the heck am I going to get there? But by reverse engineering it and starting with a goal that is maybe four years out and then, okay, what do I need to do to meet that four-year goal in two years? And then et cetera. And you can even, I would imagine, break it down even to a daily habit, For if sure. you will. For sure. So that, that was a great overview. So, you know, you, I guess to recap, so you start with alignment, I would think first through core values to make sure that even again, if you're a, a single business owner or if you're a team or even in your personal life, starting with your core values is, um, probably the best place I would imagine. And that helps you get into alignment. And then once you're in alignment, you create this vision. And then once you have this vision, you do the the backwards steps all the way to the present day and what you can do today to reach um, that vision. Is that kind of a good recap of that? That is. The, the, the piece that I would add is just the mindset piece mindset. Um, and really helping people understand like what is going to be getting in the way. Like if you don't believe that you could ever own a home, it's a wash, you know, yeah. like it, it's, if, if that doesn't, if your brain doesn't think that that's possible for you, then it won't support you in, in getting that. In fact, it's going to support the exact opposite. So 
um, I think helping people and teams like understand where some of their limiting beliefs is. Like if I, if, you know, if there's a team that's like, we're never going to be able to make $50,000 this quarter. Well, it's like, well, <laughs> that's the problem that we have to start with. Like right. no vision or amount of goals that we set will oh, like overcome that mindset and that false belief that you can't do it. So that's, that's the part that I would add in as well is like helping people understand where their, their limiting beliefs are getting in the way of, of their success and achievement. I remember that's a really good point. And I would say, yes, a very, very important piece of it all, because I, uh, I was a couple of years ago, quick story, um, when I was professionally snowboarding and I was at the U S Olympic qualifiers in 2014, last year I, I was competing, I was in a very high stress situation. We only had, I think, one more event to go to, to try to make it to the 2014 Winter Olympics. And so I'm a nervous wreck. I get up to the top of the course. I've been doing the visualization of my run from start to be to end my whole routine, even from waking up in the morning, because to me, that visualization piece really gave me a sense of calmness and confidence too. Cause like you said, my brain's already been there. And so when I'm actually on the spot and have to perform, I have a sense of confidence because I have visualized what I, how I hope things to go. Um, but I ended up landing my first run. We have two runs and, um, snowboarding and it's the best score counts in that second run. I was sitting behind my teammate who was in the fourth spot, they took four spots to go to the Olympics and I had to beat her first run score. I had an 87 currently and she had an 89. So my second run, I needed to get 89 points or greater. Um, and so at the top of the run, before I'm about to drop in, what's going on in my head? Don't fall. Don't fall. Don't fall. Sure enough. Guess what I did? I you fell go. because that's all I could, that's Think all my mind all was, your... yeah, it was consuming yeah. my entire brain and I was, I was just not on top of it. And that was a huge lesson for me. And sure enough, I fell and it wiped my chances of going to the Olympics. And so mindset and I think the the power of words is not to be underestimated it's it's a huge Never. thing whether again it's you know in your personal life of oh I can't I'm never going to be able to buy a home or if it's in your business of oh we're never going to get that 50 grand for the month of October whatever it is so um thanks for bringing that up I think that mindset is almost everything and just being aware. I mean, when we talk about awareness of your thoughts, being really aware of your words and how it can affect you. Dang, Jordy, that is <laughs> such a good, I mean, a good story in the sense of like, oh, I'm so sorry. And like, I'm so glad that you could see and pinpoint like what it was that got in your way. And that's, I mean, it's even as simple as like when people are like, oh, don't forget to do the blah, blah, blah. I stop them. And I'm like, remember to do blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because that's how our brains work. When we're focused on forgetting, then we're going to forget. When we're focused on remembering, then we have a better chance of remembering. When we're focused on not falling, 
we're going to fall when we're focused on like, so actually when I lived in Aspen, I had this gnarly driveway, literally like 45 degree slope. And obviously it's like covered in ice about 80% of the year. And obviously I would always forget my yak trap because I'm like peeling out to go run down and catch the bus. And it's like, I could choose to be like, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. They knew that would fuck me out. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. I forgot to ask if I'm allowed to swear on this, but all good. All I, good. I would sing in my head instead, stay on your feet <laughs> and make it happen. And that's what I sang to myself every single time I would go down that. The times that I did it, times that I fell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's crazy. It's it's how the but it's how the brain works. It's like how we choose to focus focus our energies and call in information and call in situations and um yeah, it's I'm language matters. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, with for our listeners, something that is an easy shift, if you will, if you if you have one started with this awareness through meditation to just begin to notice what's, what your thoughts are, what your emotions are, what you're um, feeling. That's the first step, right? And then it's creating this note. Well, it's no understanding what words you're thinking. And then an easy shift is to just, like you said, take out the don't, or when you were saying, I like, don't forget to do this, just a simple switch in the language of, I need to remember to do this. And I think that's a very doable and achievable thing for people to start doing today. And it will most likely change a whole lot in how people think and how people go to, um, you know, to start a new project or to start a new goal. If you have these negative words in your mind, of course, you're going to hit roadblocks. Of course, it's going to be hard. But if you can just do one little shift in changing your language, I think it can make such a huge difference. Yeah, I have I have a list of um, words in my word diet because that there are so many words that if you're using them, try, should, but, I don't know. Like those are all pieces of language that I work every day to remove from my, from my vocabulary. And it's tough. You have to like really consciously think about it. It's again, like where that metacognition comes into play. Like if you don't have the ability to think about your own thoughts, then you're just going to be verbally spewing things that are creating roadblocks for you. Um, and if you can just, you're absolutely right. Like find that way to like flip it. We're as, as humans, our brains are wired to stay focused on what we don't want because We've usually experienced some sort of situation, relationship, job that created something for us that we don't want to experience again, right? Like there was, I don't want to date assholes anymore. Like that, mm-hmm. wow, that guy was a blah, 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 blah. And then your brain's all wrapped up thinking about this asshole and the whole thing that you had. And like, then you're just projecting like more of that <laughs> into the world. Whereas if it's like, okay, what did I learn from this? I'd like to be an emotionally available person. <laughs> sure. You know, and then you're focused on that instead. Again, it's like you're you're activating the RAS, you are telling your brain what to look for versus when you stay focused on not forgetting, dating the asshole, not making your quotas. Like that's what you're gonna get. Yeah. Literally what you're gonna get more of. So you know whether 
maybe for the skeptics out there with personal development and the, this vision and goal talk that we're, we're, we have going, let's talk about manifestation. So if you're talking about all the things you do want, what are your thoughts on manifesting these things? If you put it out there, it will come back to you. Uh, I do think manifestation is a very real thing. I think it's also a little, uh, what's the word I want to use here? The buzzword right now. And I think it, it can get thrown around lightly. Um, and the concept of like what it is and how it works, people don't fully understand. Um, I think the best coach out there right now and person to help people have a, a better understanding of manifestation based in neuroscience and psychology is Lacey Phillips. She's got some okay. incredible programs and she's got a podcast called To Be Magnetic. And um, she, she again, really helps people. It, it starts with the subconscious. You have to get rid. There are things blocking you. You don't even know are blocking you. And if you don't believe that you're worthy of love or worthy of success or that it's capable for you, but you might, you might not even know that you are deep down think that. Um, working on some of the subconscious reprogramming is really important. And then finding, showing yourself, showing your brain examples like, oh, I can do this. Like I can, I can own a home, like, and, and putting people in your life that own a home. So your brain is like, oh, look, here's a friend that just bought a house. Like I could buy a house I talked to them about their experience. And now I like have a better understanding of that and see what's possible for it. Um, like that's where it's not like a, sit and think about it and poof, it appears again. Right. Like that's, it, it, it does come back to like calling, declaring something that you want. That's, that's honestly one of the biggest roadblocks that people come to me with. They're like, I don't know what I want. Like, I don't yeah. even know where to start. I don't, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so declaring that, but then like training your brain to help you achieve that using the goal setting, understanding what limiting beliefs are getting in their way. There's, there's a process to, to manifestation. It's not something that just like happens. <laughs> you don't like click your fingers and here's my $10 million check. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And like the reason why, and the reason why like you couldn't just manifest a $10 million check because in the back of your head, you don't really believe that a $10 million check is just going to show up on your doorstep mm-hmm. right now. Right. Right. Like, yeah. So there it, it's a process and it 100% exists and works. So, well, what about knowing? I mean, you mentioned that a lot of people come to you and like, well, I don't know what I want. And I think that is such a a real thing um, that most people go through at many times of their life. Um, How do you get clients to understand what they want? What are your tools for that? Um, One of one of my favorite teachers, Suzanne Conrad, who you know, has a really great tool called the want, don't want circle. And it's just, it's so simple and brilliant. It's really writing things down on paper. And just, I, I use that tool with clients to help them get out of their head and, and tap into a stream of consciousness. I put a timer on, I try and remove restrictions or constraints that they have mentally, and then just like let them kind of free, free flow with some things. Um, a big part of how I'll work with teams too is like the main reason why you don't know what you want is because you keep saying, I don't know what I want. Mm-hmm. And so using a mantra of like, I trust my inner knowing, or I trust that I'm working like, you know, for every 
individual or group, there's, it's going to be tweaked slightly differently, but giving them something different to focus their brain on to allow some things that they know that they want. And it's not like you're just going to know instantly. It's a practice. Like that's, right. I talk about vision and goals and mindset as like, it's always a practice. You're going to fuck it up. You're supposed to, you want to know like that you're going to have wins. You're going to have days where you don't, you're going to say these things again. You're going to feel these certain ways, but now you've got tools to be like, okay, I know how to, I know how I would rather run this play next time it comes up. Okay. I did it the way I'd, it doesn't work for me, but now I can shift and I can say, okay, I don't know what I want for dinner. Cancel, cancel. I'm thinking about what I want for dinner. You know, it's just as simple as like going back to like focusing on what you want versus what you don't want. Yeah. Most people that don't know what they want are focused on saying, I don't know what I, I want. Know. So, and I think a lot with maybe tapping into curiosity of just, Hey, like, what are you, what are you curious about? And bringing an awareness around that can be a really helpful tool. Well, this has been wonderful, Sheena. So we'll wrap it up. So where can people connect with you, find you? Do you have events coming up? Tell us maybe a little bit more of how they can get involved with Vision Quest Yoga if they choose to. Yeah. So um, Vision Quest Yoga is every Wednesday, 2.30 Mountain Standard Time. Um, if you do live in Denver, there are 10 socially distant spots at Nurture where I teach at. I also live stream it. So you can join the live stream or get the recording. I mean, that's a great thing about COVID is like, I feel like it's opened up this wide world of being able to connect and work with people. So um, that's that's one thing I'm really grateful to COVID for. Um, I also do coaching. If you go to my website, SheenaJean.com, it's spelled really funny. S-H-E-N-N-A. It looks like Shenna, but it's Sheena. <laughs> um, J-E-A-N.com. Um, and I try and keep it simple. Like that's like on Instagram. I love Instagram. That's probably my favorite place to hang out. Um, and look at how we could work together for one-on-one coaching. Or if you're looking for some facilitation and leadership development support um, with your team and in your company, that's my jam. So. Yeah, holler at me. Awesome. And we'll link everything to your website, your social media accounts um, in the description. And then just to finalize, you have an upcoming f- facilitation for a um, a business or a team. So just tell me a little bit more about that offering. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm working with a couple of different companies actually this upcoming week doing, it's a little bit different based on the teams um, and mm-hmm. what like the teams need, but um, doing vision quests, just visualization exercises, um, and goal setting with teams and working with an event company, um, a media company and a real estate company actually. And awesome. in the next week and a half, which I'm really excited about and kind of, you know, I think being able to provide development outside of yourself, not having to be the one that comes up with it is always a nice treat. And I really like meeting new teams and sharing this work with them. So um, I also have, I do workshops once a month. That's another thing that if, if as an individual, or if you want to understand, like, could this be a fit for my business? Um, I am doing on October 22nd, there will be a workshop online um, and socially distanced at Nurture again in Denver. So um, you've got options. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This conversation was wonderful. Um, I just, I, it, I've, you know, it's a part of my life, personal development that is impacted where I am today so significantly. So thank you so much for sharing your time, sharing your knowledge. Um, we'll be sure that everyone can um, connect with you easily. And thank you so much. 
Thank you, Jordy. It's so great to see you and hang with you and so proud of what you have created. I've seen you through this journey and it's just amazing to see where you're at. So keep on it, girl. Thank you. You're too kind. All right. Well, we will talk to you all next time. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you liked the episode and the show, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast and share it with friends. As a new podcast, this is the best way you can support the show. To see more about each episode or to connect with me, head on over to my Instagram page at Jordy Karlinski.